0: You guys know. I'll, well, I'll let you. I'll let you talk. We can get started. I know. I'll, I'll sidetrack for the ten hours, dude. <laughs> 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 you Catch your breath now. <laughs> Deep has run out. <laughs> well, re- welcome to Rat Salad
1: Review. We've been talking for the last uh, eight minutes now. So
0: here's the intro. Right on, Wall. <laughs> Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thanks so much now. Thanks, guys, for fucking the support and fucking looking out for us and shit. We appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thanks for coming on. We're here with uh, King Fally from the band Deceased. uh, Cheers. Really appreciate you coming on. And uh, we've all been listening to the album. And uh, Greg's been wanting you to come on for like uh, the last, uh, shit, this is like the 12th episode or 13th episode.
2: Yes. Uh, I, uh, immensely, I think King's uh, I bought the album from King and I think he sent it to me in November and I've been wanting to do it ever since I mean um, ever since we started th- yeah, this is, uh, this is my number two of the year, it's only behind Voivod's uh, The Wait,
0: mostly that's, that's white by, by and- <laughs> <me>. <laughs> hey, the <laughs> cease will always be the will always be number two in my book <laughs> <laughs> oh shit no, that's Go cool. now, Dude, I, I'm surprised. I'm a little, it's it's weird. Like, you know, when it, when we did it and all this stuff, and then uh, all of a sudden, guys, like, look at this, man, your top 20 albums in Rolling Stone of the Year. And I'm like, Rolling Stone? I don't give a fuck about Rolling Stone. He's like, nah, no, man, I'm big time, man, you're big time. I'm like, no, we're not, dude. I was like, this is some fucking dude. You know, two dudes stuck it in their top 20, and that's what I got me in the top 20 of the year but we've had some nice time words, and, I, and I, dude I'm happy I'm very proud of the record I really am I'm very I'm very pleased at what we've done you know it's obviously as you guys know there's a big fucking you know harpoon to our hearts with with Dave our drummer dying oh,
3: really? you know that's that yes. fucking
0: yeah our fucking drummer drowned man like right after we finished the album and I fucking mixed it and produced it and did what I had to do to get it done and we were just getting ready to put it out and he hadn't heard it yet when it was done. And we went on a, we went on a trip. We did two shows in uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and he really sat down and I just sent it to him. He had it on his, on his um, phone it was all he had it till then on his headphones. And then he got in the car and I had the master like CDR of what was going to the plan to get done. And he heard it. And he was like, God damn. And then we went and played these two shows. He came back and then he's the next week. He was going to go to El Salvador to visit his parents. They live in El Salvador. He's El Salvadorian. And, uh, I was like, man, I'll see when you get back, and well, here we go, man. We got all this shit going on, and while he was gone, that next week, all this shit press started coming in, Rolling Stone and all this stuff, and I was waiting to show it to him because he's he's kind of always lived, and I and I don't, i I'm, this doesn't meant to sound like an ego stroke, it really doesn't, but he's you know, growing up, me being the singer drummer for Deceased and all this stuff, we've done a lot of shit, and I'm, and I'm a loud guy, and I'm you know, I I, I, I animate the, the fucking conversation for better or for worse, I and mean, he's a quiet guy, but yeah. he's been the drummer for Deceased. On and off live for years. He's played on As Weird Travel on, and of course, this Ghostly White. And I always wanted him to let him know he was the fucking drummer. He's like, Nah, man, they want you to play the fucking drums still, man. You got to go, you know. And I'm like, Dude, you're the fucking drummer, dude. You're awesome. You blow me the fuck away. You're you. I'm not even in your fucking league. And I think now he was going to see that, you right. know, like people are going to be like, and the fucking drumming's killer and stuff. So he was going to get to see all that, and I was going to be so happy that he got to get out of my fucking shadow that he never was in in my book, but in his own mind. And then all this press came in. Great, great, great killer record, whatever. You know, just, you know, nice nice words from people. And I was just couldn't wait for him to get back. And it was fucking, I was sitting upstairs watching Monday Night Football with my wife. She was sleeping and I was watching Monday Night Football. My phone rang and I missed it. And I saw it was a 703 number, and I thought it was my, my sister and brother live in Virginia still. And so I, I went to pick it up and call back, and there was a voicemail came on right then. And I said, oh, shit, let me just check who it is. This will save me if it's nothing important. And I got this message. It was from a mutual friend, and they were like, man, Dave, Dave's died, man. He, he died today in El Salvador. He drowned. Uh, and they're like, you don't have to call me, but his girlfriend's freaking. she wants you to call, call this number. So I hung up, and I was one in the shock. Because this is his, what sucks is in 1988, our bass player, Rob, he died. We were, we, I, dude, that's a long story, but our, our bass player died. He was in a hit and run with, along with our guitar player's brother and our, one of our best friends, Larry. All three of them were killed on hit and run. And then a fourth guy was like crippled. His legs were flipped around backwards. And then Doug, our guitar player, was the only one uninjured. And he, you know, all this stuff. So when that happened, I was on the phone with a guy in New York. It was one in the morning and Mark called me and I went into shock. So I started to actually go into shock when this, I got this call. And I was like, fuck, so I hung up the phone. I hung up the voicemail and I was like, I'm going to call this girl's name's Ashlyn. I was going to call his girlfriend, Ashlyn. And I started dialing and I tried to talk to her and she was hysterical because she wasn't there but she was getting the story. And I was like, what happened? What happened? I had no fucking clue. And, uh, She sort of told me the story and I sort of got it. I just knew he had drowned. He was, you know, in the ocean. They were out in the ocean. And uh, I was like, wow. So I started calling people and calling people in my band. And we were all fucked up. I mean, for for weeks, we're still fucked up. But, you know, those first couple of weeks, it's just so insane. And I finally got to talk to his brother about three weeks ago now. And he told me literally that him and Dave were standing on the beach in El Salvador, not even in the water. They made it a little bit of water up to about their fucking ankle. And the fucking riptide came, and it dropped that sand out from them, and pulled them both out into the fucking ocean. The, their mother was right there. She was. They were all. They were picnicking right there on the beach. You know, they were just having a good time, enjoying the sun, whatever. And it pulled them out. And he said that Dave could not swim at all. Now Dave was a muscle head. This dude would run fifty mile marathons. He'd run up mountains. This guy jump out of airplanes. He was that kind of guy. But he couldn't swim. And Julio said that he saw Dave like panic immediately and they were seems trying to get him to swim you know parallel with the riptide i don't know nothing about that kind of shit but this is what he told me and he said that he thought he was going to die he got on his back he floated out he made it to the riptide he got back to shore and the lifeguard's like i don't see your brother anywhere and they 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 waited and waited 20 minutes went by and they're like you know he's happened to have drowned he's nowhere to be found and they're like unfortunately the worst thing is he's probably going to be eaten by sharks and uh they and he said the mother came over and she said you know God took him, and she was a very religious woman. She got, she made peace with Julio, relax, and then just by some whatever, some you know, the grace of whoever, the body came back up to shore, and he was dead. But they got to have the body back and stuff, and he was from El Salvador. They buried him within 48 hours. He had a funeral and everything. He was buried in El Salvador two days after it happened. Wow, damn. That's so wow. so it, it's, it's been crazy, dude. We've been doing that, you know, and we, like, we're on, we were on a go here. We were like starting to get motivated for this record. We have all these plans to play, and we have a couple festivals that were already booked for like coming up in April. Like, we were doing the Decimal Festival over here with Tripticon and Obituary and Enslaved and all these bands. And I was like, where do we go? Where do we go? Where do we go? And so uh, Shane's like, what are we going to do for a drummer, man? And I said, dude, I'm thinking about this guy, Anus. And we did this tour with this band called Death of Kings. We went out, they were the opening band and Savage Master, which I think you guys probably know, or at least some of you guys do. Mm -hmm. They were, they're great friends of ours. So us three went out and did like 10 to 12 shows. I think it was like 12 shows or something over a two week period. And and the weirdest part was, I was like, yeah, Amos, that guy can play something like we may be able to do. Because our style, like we, we couldn't just call somebody that knows the Rain and Blood album on drums and like a Slayer kind of guy, because we play everything from that kind of style. Then all of a sudden we'll call for something like heavy, you know, just pure heavy metal. We might call for something rock and roll or even punk or crossover, just because that's our. we have a lot of weird things that we incorporate. And it's kind of weird, like some of the timings could even go back to like Prog, like Amos, like a Palmer, even Rush a little bit of that kind okay. of stuff. So the weirdest part was... Our, our live players, Walter and Matt both said, you know, what about that guy Amos? And then Amos came to me and he goes, dude, I wanted to fucking send my, you know, my deepest condolences to the band and all this stuff. And he said, what's your address? I want to send you something. So I got a letter two days later from Amos. His name's Amos Rifkin. I got, a, I got a letter from him, and he was like, you know, one one page of it was talking about, like, you know, Dave and how he just, you know, he just met up with us and how we were all, like, family, and it made him feel good. He was like, you know, Dave told him he'd wear the Death of King shirt on the album, which he did. And he was like, that was so nice, but then he was so fucking... So fucked up from it that the obituary picture had the same shirt because they pulled his picture out of the out of the, You know, he singled him out for the shot. And the next page, it said, "If you ever want somebody to help out to keep the deceased fucking legacy and spirit going on and on," he goes, "You know, you you know what I can do if you want to give me a tryout. Cool. I'm not trying to, you know, rockstar it up. I'm not trying to, you know, whatever. I'm just I'm I'm trying to do it for the right reasons." So I hung up the phone and I hung up the. Uh, I got rid of the paper. I called up uh, Amos on the phone. And I told him, I said, dude, you're never going to believe this, but I have to tell you this. And then that's when I said to him that the last show we did on that tour was in Detroit, Michigan. And Dave came over to me and he goes, man, if any this is exactly what he said to me and how he said it, man, if anything ever fucking happens to me, you get that motherfucker to play for a deceased because that motherfucker can of this shit. And, then, wow. and then it, made, it made me weird out. It made Amos weird out. And then I said, I guess it's meant to be, dude. And so he sent me, I told him, I said, learn some stuff. He lives in Atlanta, Georgia, you know, where I got, you know, we're based out of, we'll say Washington, D.C. area, because that's where we jam at. But two guys are in Frederick, Maryland. I'm up here in Philly area. And Shane, our guitar player, he like basically borderline D.C., Maryland, University of uh, Maryland College over there is kind of where we jam at. And uh, he's in Atlanta, Georgia, and he sent me a videotape of him playing all these 12 songs, man, and he just had it all down. And He's kicking ass. And all this. So he's about to start. We're going to jam with him for the first time next week. We're going to get together. And we're going to do like three weekends. And then hopefully we'll be ready for April to go out and do these festivals. Like the one with those guys And in the following week. We have one in um, Milwaukee with like Hyrax and um, Evil yep. Dead and Anvil and all those kind of bands are playing too. So this is what I've been doing all this, all this time, like getting the record done and getting all this stuff together with Amos and just trying to get my shit right, you know, and. Mourn for fucking my buddy. I mean Dave was one of my best friends in the whole fucking world. I mean, top three in the world. The closest guy to me in the band. We just go back for years and years. Right. So it's been a little bit rough. You know, you get the holidays, you get to winter where everything's a little slower and a little bit like, you know, creepier if that makes sense to you guys, you know, and it's it's just is yes. what it is. But I'm, you know, I'm ready to bust out. I can't sit I'm a hyperactive dude, and I like to go, 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 and we haven't done anything in a few months now, and just all, I don't want to say business, but just that part of it, getting things right, and getting the album out, and of course, then the album, which takes me full circle, which you guys started to talk about. Uh, <laughs> the, the we stopped the we stopped the uh, production of the album because I wanted to put a sticker on there, you know, to, to celebrate Dave's life and what he meant to us and stuff. And and said bangers couldn't have been cooler. They could have easily said, "No, no, 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 we need to get this out." Money, 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 money. They said, "Do whatever you want, you got." They stopped the press. They put a sticker on there. They made a beautiful sticker with a tombstone and drumsticks on it. I and mean, you've seen it, Greg. I know you. Yep, yeah. And um. And it just it just made me feel good and stuff and you know and it, it's like we're gonna go out and do this tour next year and it's gonna be instead of death metal from the grave it's gonna be death metal from the days it's gonna be the name of the tour so we're gonna go out and try this and just it, it hurts it sucks because the guy's been – I've known this guy we've grown up together man he's done so much for my family off the outside of the music and shit he's just it is what it is but we're moving on dude we got to keep on going he'd have been the first one to say man I fuck that shit keep rocking man and that's what we're gonna do and here we go year thirty four in a row from deceased you know. 2019 man I can remember it was 1985 and we were starting this fucking thing we actually started in 84 but I don't always give I never I never counted till around January 85 because 84 we were called we were called evil Axe. yeah (laughs) which I say yeah which I say you know when you're 16 that's a great name but when you're a little bit older they never come up with. We had Mad Butcher with two D's, like we thought we were Def Leppard. This, like you know, Miss and we did that for a little while. But then it became deceased in around. It was around January of '85. We became deceased. So we're literally right now at that 34-year mark. I would say.
1: Wow. Well, happy anniversary.
0: Well, thank you. <laughs> Actually, yes, definitely. So good.
1: Your new album's the you. first album I've ever heard of your band.
0: And did you like it? I I loved it. All right, on I really okay.
1: um, my second favorite yeah. of uh, 2018.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay, there you go. Okay. Oh, no, no. Right, by Voivod. Bob. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Greg. That's Greg. Oh, that's Greg. Okay, I'm already lost. I'm, <laughs> here, I'm, I'm like I'm on an episode of Twilight Zone. <laughs> there's nobody in the room. Yeah, there's 10 people in the room. Yeah, there's 14 people in the room. There's nobody in the room. Four <laughs> characters in search of an exit. <laughs> Push the button. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Abandoned project. Abandoned project. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thank you. That's good. Well, that's good. I'll take. Well, like I said, deceased is always number two. So there we go.
1: <laughs> yeah, great album. And I, I'm a drummer too, so I, I was listening, actually listening to the drums, and I loved the things that he played on there. So it, it's hard for me to hear that he uh, passed away. Now it's.
0: Yeah, it's just. Yeah, he's a, he's a hell of a fucking drummer, man. He really was, and he busted his ass to learn that because. With the cease nowadays, you know, every a lot of bands are this way, especially us older guys, is there's so much going on in our lives between works and marriages and houses and pay and, you know, time. You try to do it right, and that's what took us seven years to get this one done. Our, our main guitar player, Mike, who writes a lot of the – most of the rest, uh, he uh, was overseas a lot. He had a government job, but he was actually living over in the Middle East for a couple of years, right. you know, and we, we only practiced, like, for about – three of those three or four of those years we practiced like twice a year and this year or well, last year it started getting where he could get over here and practice more we just figured this was the time to do this so there wasn't a lot of time and stuff outside of that Since I write I write all the drum parts and then Dave has to learn them from there so it's not like Dave knew him all along Dave had to come in and he you know he was a little nervous about it and I told him I said you're kicking ass before he, he never would take a compliment he would always think that it wasn't up to par which Work to his advantage sometimes because he played that much harder but he was already he already had it you know what i'm saying so um yeah he, net, did, a, he net, did a hell of a fucking job man
2: net, now now king i don't uh want to in- interrupt you too much on that but um i remember you saying uh that that you had collaborated on the drum parts so and i was just curious because you know um and i would i held up the sticker a moment ago actually because it's a great sticker i cut it out and saved it with uh my copy of the cd but um <clears throat> uh you know i uh to me it's almost like this is uh dave's back and black it's um it it's amazing because he totally goes and does his own thing but he still has that off-kilter, two inches to the left to see sound.
0: (laughs) Dude, he he got it. I'm a tricky player because – I never learned. I was never taught or anything. And, I, and I'm lefty and I play uncrossed. So it's always been weird. And I play almost like a punky style. To me, it's kind of, I mean, not in league with, but similar to like a Keith Moon style. What I play is cause I try, I like to fill in a lot of the music. I don't keep like a backbone beat like a Phil Rudd or even like a Lombardo, who's a master of the speed and all that stuff. But he doesn't, right. doesn't really fill in a lot of the spaces. I like and as Dave learned when he first came in, he grew up on Maiden and Slayer and that kind of stuff. So he was from that school, and I started teaching him the deeper shit, and he started falling in love with stuff like Void stuff. stuffy because he was you know he I don't think he was a mainstream guy, but he you know. The, the top level of shit he knew you know you come in and be like yeah hey, you like thrash would like yeah i like Slayer. they would you know that's where it stopped yeah. and then maybe he got some simple or something out of him you know like that far down but that's all he knew and then i started showing him these deeper bands and these you know crazy drummers and you know and, <coughs> and all that kind of shit and he got the, the just of what i was trying to do and he finally had you know over the last few years live like what we do he became a machine and he had all the little nuances were in there and that's, yep. that's where he was. He just, he had it, dude. We were, he, he just bought a second drum set, man. He just bought a second drum set like a month before he died. He bought a second drum set, one for the studio and one for fucking playing out. Yeah, nope. we can go, we we can go on about this all the whole, the whole conversation. But yeah, that, that, that guy rules, man. And it, it, the world lost a good fucking person, man. No,
4: no, a matter I, of no it, I'm, so I'm, listening,
5: get a word I'm listening to the whole, uh, everything thing. <laughs> it's just my dog is so <laughs> But in, but in an evil way. Okay. In, in an evil oh. way. In a what way? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, oh, well, uh, I'll, I'll let uh, uh, Troy say his thoughts first because when I start talking about this, I guarantee you I go on a, a couple-minute okay. roll similar to King.
5: <laughs> but, sure. but I, uh, I love this record. Uh,
1: you have been since so, November.
5: So. so you want me to uh, yeah. <laughs> give my my rating, my 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 review? Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I yeah. think this album is great. It's definitely uh, definitely one of the one of the top records of twenty eighteen. I liked it a lot. Um, the uh, standout tracks to me were really the, the first four and the last track. Who's that girl that sings on that song?
0: Okay. She's that's awesome. that's our guitar player mike smith's daughter oh
5: wow
0: he told me he said i'd like to have I'd like that her name's jillian smith he said uh i'd like to have her uh, my daughter sing on a song. i said dude i would love it i said i got a song it's about let's scare jessica to death an old 70s horror movie and i said you know i need the female voice and i said i want to do it but, but i wanted to Ooh. do it the right way i didn't want to do it that you know that typical shit that people do nowadays i wanted the fitting and shit. dude she got the just of it that quick she, she did all that and I would say Fantastic. all that in 45 minutes, that all her parts was for 45 minutes, and she actually did some stuff that we didn't end up using, and it was kind of funny, because we were going to try to do a part where me and her sang together, we, we actually, had, this was in my mind when we were trying to do this, but when it came together, I was like, I was like we're like fucking Donnie and Marie, right, I was like, this is fucking perfect for death metal, <laughs> Donnie Marie, and then she, I said, well, you know, she said, well, can you want to try to harmonize with me, and I said, I, I can't too clean. I'm too beat up and my throat's just too raspy anymore. It's clean and you you hear her. She's like precise. She's like Ann Wilson, Pat Benatar, precise. You know, and I was like, I can't do that. And I said, you want to try to come down and dirty it up like me? I said, maybe that's either She tried it. She couldn't do it. I said, well, you're the clean, I'm the dirty. So we'll just stick with that. And then we just separated it. And I put that together how, how I wanted it. And she, I love it. That, that, that's one of my favorites. My favorite yeah. too, my, my favorite too, I'll to let you talk it some more. I like the first two tracks are my favorites. I love the long one. Sherman, the sword, and Lore is my favorite. And I like Mrs. Allardyce's second. And that song's been on tap since... Supernatural Addiction 2000, that was supposed to be, and not not this oh. version, but the, the title was supposed to be used as a song in 2000 as the last song on Supernatural Addiction. But we got so hung up, we all fell in love with the Blair Witch Project when it came out that we had to write a song about Ellie and Ellie's dementia back then. But this song has actually been waiting to be done, 19, well, 18 years. Okay. Wow. And, and when it was done, I'm like, this is just what I heard, this is what I heard in my head, and it's, all this music was written later. You know, so it's like it's cool. Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah I really that's like cool. The, so the first four and the yeah, last I, one are I'm your a horror
5: fan. I love horror uh, I, I just, I just, I just love the way. I mean, right. to me, like, put it this way: uh, as far as like any of the the, the the people that are watching this and listening in, it you know because they that they didn't li- they never heard the band before. I, I've always said that uh, previously to the other guys here. I said that you guys sound like a combination of like Slayer meets Iron Maiden meets. Uh, what was the other bit? Except.
0: I, I think that's great. Yep. Hey, I'm loving that, dude. And you and you get and you get it right, dude. I'm glad that comes to you because that's what it was. Like for me, and we could go on this topic all night too. For me, death metal doesn't have to be that's to me, my death metal is I want to create an eeriness and a haunting vibe to the record. And, and I'm not going to sit here and, you know, brag our shit up or anything. I'm not that kind of guy, but I'm very proud of what we got. It's what we wanted to go for. And what I think we achieved on the record was there's a, there's an aura to it of, you know, of eeriness and stuff and a hauntingness and, I don't say morbid, but something like that, and and that you don't get that from no. you know the gurgly gurgly sub or cannibal corpse. That's never been death metal to me. It's labeled that, and I understand where people say that, that's death metal, you know, and this is not death metal. You guys sound more like Judas Priest and stuff. It's like it's like it's it's a combination of everything we grew up with. It could be as far right as Reich, It could be as far no. left as Repulsion. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's, it's just a combination and an influence of everything. But the, our bottom line and what I'm the most proud of is I think we have our own sound. And I think that it's, it, it, it's our own character. It's our own personality in the music. And that, that's what I'm proud about is I arrange those songs. Every arrangement is my, is my arrangement. The guys, especially Mike Smith, almost all of it's his riffs. You know, and Shane and me, we wrote The Endless Well, me and Shane. That was the first song where Mike Smith hadn't written any riffs into it in quite some time. He did contribute to the, the melodies and the guitar metal part, but that's something like that. Unless <laughs> our bass player, he just plays the bass. When I listen to this record, um, I
5: feel that, you know, a lot of times when, you know, you listen to a band and you, and you try to break down the different parts and try to focus on different parts, guitars usually refer to rhythms. But in on this record, there's a lot of... Uh, A lot of melodic riffing, Uh, you know. There's the guitars sing, the guitars sing a tune, their own tune, and I I love that. I love when guitars, you know.
3: Yeah,
0: right on. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's 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 definitely something Mike loves. Mike loves that new wave of British heavy metal. Those those like like. And sometimes it's this is one thing I did for the Decimal magazine did an uh, did an in the studio report with me and they were trying to ask me what the record sounded like I didn't know what to say at times I had put any vocals down it was all in my head still and I just told them I said it's kind of like creepy carnival music to me is when I told them I said it's that I don't know what it is it's like it's like sometimes it's happy but it's not happy it's morbidly not happy happy it's almost like when you hear a clown music it's supposed to be happy sometimes but you know the music's kind of like it's awkward and it's weird. That's what I was getting from it on the instrumental at the time we were it was an in the in the studio report. The instrumentation of it all was as far as we got. I just said it was like that. So I, I get what you're saying about the guitar singing because I was hearing that too, almost like an ice cream truck going down the road with this fucking freaky fucking like soundtrack underneath it and some weirdo the salt, driving the, the truck ends, sort of thing. That's you what start I was
5: the guitar lines. That's you know, that's that's key. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's 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 excellent. I also wanted to know, uh, as far as the artwork is concerned, who who actually drew that? It's awesome artwork. I love it.
0: It's it's the same. It's a guy. uh, It's a guy named Raúl González. He's out of Spain. He actually did our surreal overdose cover too. That artwork. That artwork, this is wild. This, that Okay, we finished the last album was done in 2011. Me and him, I said, we got to do another album together. We got to do another artwork. I had him at the time, and we just threw emails, and he's, and he's very Spanish, and I'm very American. So it was like we were trying to you know, break down the you know the walls of all that, and he literally we, – we started off with something very different, and we worked our way to that. Cause it was kind of like I was like, well, shit, am I not telling him what to do, right, or is he not getting to just what I'm saying? and then he then all of a sudden we got on the same page and we got it done and that that artwork has been wow. done since March of 2012. It's been done that long and nobody nobody and I except for my wife and my son had seen that artwork. Not even anybody in the band had seen that artwork until until July of 2018 when I presented it like we finally released the cover for the album before cuz hell said bangers was Hell's we were trying to get it ready to go and all this stuff we were shooting for that Halloween release and then the, that's the first time those guys saw, and they were like, "Wow, this is killer!" Because they, they, you know, I they always leave that to me to make the covers and where we're going to go with it, what the ideas are with the lyrics and the song titles and all that kind of has always been my thing. So they, you know, when it came time, I was so happy. But that, that artwork is basically Amazing. it's over six years. Over did six did years, he? Did old he? Uh, man, at least, do, I mean,
5: I'll ask you if you know. I mean, do, do you know if he used markers, pencils, or acrylic paint? He painted it. Okay. Oh, he, he definitely painted it. Yeah, because I know that you get painted. different types of effects yeah. if you use, you know, pencils versus markers versus paint. But that that's great. I mean, I especially love the apparitions in the background and approaching the, the bed. Really
0: he Yeah, it was different. I can tell you this. I'll give you guys uh, exclusive. Uh, it started off with a hand, with a candle above above the thing. And the, and the hand was reaching down and the candle wax was dripping onto the people on the bed. That was the original thing. And I, didn't, I thought it overtook the people in the bed. So we backed off it. And he literally painted, painted. He didn't repaint it. He painted over that. Into and we went for the. I told him, I said, you know, give me some kind of like background of. Uh-huh. I don't want to go zombies. You know, we've done that before. It wasn't that. I said, I just wanted some. You uh-huh. know, some like you said, like some apparition type of things. So because what are what are ghosts? Are they the dead? Are they whatever? And I was trying to give different ideas in there. And and the main idea I got, which started that whole thing, was that it was. I took it from my idea. My ideas came from Phantasm movie, where the scene where you know Michael the little boys out and they wake oh, up yeah. and he's in the bed out Good. in the middle of nowhere in the cemetery. <laughs> you know, and the tall man leans over him. That's where I originally started from. And people ask me what my obsession is with beds. Cause the last time I had beds and luck of the corpse had the lady in the bed. And I, and I, my, my, my reasoning with this was, you know, the bed is where, you know, you basically where you can actually get away from this world more than any place you go to sleep, you dream, you leave the world. You know, that's why I, I used it twice in a row. And, uh, I just thought it worked so well. I love the faces. I love what right. he did with it, man. He he made it his, his own, but, yeah, I got to do it my way, and he did it his way. We both we, – we butted heads a few times. we I, It wasn't intentional. We're, we both are we – la- we laughed our way through that. But, uh, yeah, he did a hell of a job. His name's Raul Gonzalez. I name to keep of in artist. the
5: back of my head. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> right on. Solid. Color scheme is awesome. Yeah, I really
1: like the colors and everything on it. It's really colorful.
2: You should uh, I, I what's that love called? it, and um, I said I love it. And, uh, you, you know, it's it's really cool that King mentioned uh, the whole phantasm thing because this uh, this whole ghostly white record really just put that movie into my mind. Like, uh, when, when you hear the first tones of Mrs. Allardyce, or at least when I hear them, I just imagine Angus Scrimm doing his side... Toothy smirk and dropping the deceased album onto the turntable.
0: <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's, that's 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 good visuals. I like I like when people get uh you know get clever with their thoughts. That's awesome. That'd make that'd make a good t-shirt, King. <laughs> there you go. Right. Right. <laughs> We've got a lot of ideas here. That Mrs. Allardyce, man. I mean, that goes back. And the reason, like I said, with Supernatural Addiction was, the thing with Supernatural Addiction, just to get it up to Ghostly White, was I wanted to go back to places when I was a kid that used to freak me out and things like that, like the Boogeyman and things like that back in 2000. I want things I was in, you know, I can remember being a kid and reading and read the Telltale Heart, you know, and needed to do the Dark Chilling Heartbeat about that. I can remember watching that Twilight Zone episode called 22 – which was basically the lady was getting up in the morgue and it was the premonition that she was going to die. So we have the premonition. and Then you got the one, which is a very familiar stranger, which is one of my all time favorite songs on record by us. I think one of the ghostliest tales that's come together the most. And that was the, this is, this is wild. In 1974, uh, my mom, the, that that Halloween it snowed. I was we were really poor. We lived in the, one of the poorest areas of Virginia, and we were just very poor. My dad had just died of cancer New Year's Day, and I was like I, I was only five years old when he passed away. But anyway, so uh, we um, my mom was out working two jobs to keep my sister and me, and my aunt was watching us. And my mom came home, and it was Halloween night. We were just kids, and we were in our apartment. And my mom said, come out to the car. I got something I want to show you. We went outside and she had bought me this famous Ghost Stories record by, by Wade Dennings. And I remember she had me open it up in the trunk of her car. And inside of it was just one of those bullshit little trash bag fucking ghosts. That, you know, you put your hands on it and make it a ghost. Right. It costs all of two cents. But it was inside the record, right? <laughs> and we, we turned to go back in the house. And my mom said, hurry up, hurry up, go, go, go. My mom got scared. I looked over and I saw this fucking bunny man. I know you guys know the legend of the bunny man, okay? We saw the fucking bunny man. I went in the fucking house and my mom was, was legitimately scared. And I went in the room and I was scared all night for this fucking bunny man. Well, it turned out, like years later, my mom said, you know, that was real. That was real. And then as I got older and somewhere I, obviously I was a, I'm old, I'm an old old fart like you know you don't get to read about things on the internet in the, in the 70s and the 80s or you know until the latest of the 90s and so I was asking people about this people were like oh the bunny man yeah that's in every town that's like the boogeyman that's like you know the guy with the, the hook for a an arm and all this kind of shit blah, blah 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 so I was like okay so I asked my mom my mom's my mom's like no it really fucking happened so one day getting into the computer er- era we were sitting somewhere, me and my mom We started talking about it. And then on the fucking TV, right when we were talking about it, this fucking came on and said, yeah, a man was arrested, for, uh, was basically put away in the seventies for, for hurting people. He never killed anybody, but he went after people, chasing people with axes and he cut somebody real bad, chopped somebody, didn't kill him, but chopped them up a bunch. And they put him in jail for like 40 years. And now he was this old man. They showed him, They said, oh, he's been released. And he's, you know, he's out in the Route 29 area, which is Lee Highway, Virginia, blah, 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 blah. So my mom, I told my mom, I said, so that was real. And she went into detail about what she saw. And she's like, We he was, she goes, he was right in the distance from us. We had to run in the house. And I said, I thought it was just a scary costume on Halloween. My mom's like, no, 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 no. So all those years, you know, when Supernatural Addiction Time came, and I wanted to do that. I said, I have to write this, this, this thing. And it wasn't going to be about the bunny man. It had to go back to that record with that fucking, the very familiar stranger, which is the classic tale of the guy picks up the girl, the girl's dead. He drops her off, she's dead. Comes back, the mother says she's dead, but he was she was just in the car with him, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So when it comes to ghostly white, all these years later, I said I got to return to that stuff and things as a kid. What I did in Mrs. Allardyce is from Burn Offerings, which is the Karen Black movie Dan Curtis made, 1976 film Burn Offerings, and. I said we. Ha- I have to get that 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 fucking spooky ass intro. It's got to lead off the record. And, my, and everybody's like, you don't want to start the record off with something fast. I said, no, we're going to pull. And I said this, we're going to pull a I said we're going to pull a forged in fire from Anvil. We're going to come in with a slower song. And they're like, whoa, we always come in with something fast because we're known for our whatever hyperactivity. And it's uh, a good intro. So I went and grabbed this fucking song, and I went and took this, you know, this storyline I just thought about when we were when I was a kid. In 1976, I was in the theater with my mother watching *Burn Offerings*, and my mom was the one to turn me on to all this crazy. She put the eebie-jeebies in me, which I still have to this day. <laughs> and uh, I was sitting there watching the movie. I don't know who's seen it besides me. We're talking about it now, but the I ending is, Okay, well, the ending—the ending's pretty obvious of what's going to happen, but it's. But it's obvious in a way, like, you want to see it, but you're, you're, you're afraid to see it. There's been some, you know, some harrowing stuff in that fucking film, as you know, the chauffeur, the smiling chauffeur, and, you know, the, the Betty Davis scene where the guy comes up the stairs with the, co- the coffin and all that. Anyway, the finale's coming, and my mom's like, I was like, I could put my hands over my eyes. I was like seven, eight years old. I said, I'm going to go in the lobby, and she's like, go ahead, I'll be out when it's over. They could, you know, my mom would fuck up she'd be like go out there and stand in the lobby by yourself and you know hopefully she won't come get you while I'm watching the movie she would do that my mom would do that to me so that's where I got the eebie so I was thinking gotta open up with that fucking that goddamn those notes you know and and, and I think it, I think it's effective it's very effective and it's it, it sets you up it, it something in the tone of those notes gets that hair on your arms to stand up before the records even started does that make sense? yeah,
1: yeah it,
0: it,
2: it, it does and um, it if you remember, uh, King, the first night I listened to it, I messaged you on Facebook, and I said, you know, um, it, it it gave me goosebumps immediately. I mean... Uh, you did tell not, me
0: that.
2: Yep. Not, not only is it uh, just uh, great heavy metal, but, yeah, it just intertwines the horror into it so well. But uh, musically, just those notes and the way the album starts off, I mean, I know it's totally different from... Album I'm about to say, but I, it has its uh, similarities in the spirit of it, but, uh, it was like the first time I heard Iron Maiden's
0: Killers, almost, and, then Mary was there as well, uh, Wow. Just, bumps. well, I, and, I'm glad I did that for you, but I'm glad it worked itself out, and yeah. it, it's, it's, it's so weird for me now, because that, I, I had such a pot, well, I, I'm very proud of the part where, the middle where it says, you know, uh, uh, you know, we all die alone part, you know, right before the ending part yes. comes out of that section, though. The final moments of Tara, we die <laughs> all alone. I was like so looking forward to that live to get everybody singing that in the audience. I was going to actually extend it almost like our gravedigger, our heavy metal anthem part live and i remember i remember the guy that was sitting there the engineer mike bozier goes you're actually going to sing that part i said yeah and this is almost going to be like a sing-along part like like mary yeah. poppins that's what i told him i said you know it's going to be this I, said, I can see the crowd like doing this but all i can fucking think about now that dave died is fucking dave dying all alone and i'm like now i don't even want to do it i'm like so like fucked. that would dave be like come on man just fucking do it dude so i'm trying to get through that but it's just like every time i hear it's like that dude really did die all alone in terror you know it's like fuck so that's it's 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 weird but yeah that's that's the part i love i love that whole that whole melody section that makes the song for me that part and i i played a little bit of keyboards in that there's a real part where there's a nice twirl that just hits that fucking note in the key that goes with that guitar of mike and james and man it's just to me i'm just like that makes that's what I that's what I live for when I something that I that I personally really love that we've written I'm like I'm I want to hear this you know I, you know sometimes yeah. we'll do songs where I'm like oh that could have been better I'm I'm real picky it's like I said I've always arranged every song from day one with the Seast. I'm very picky and stuff but I was like yeah that 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 came together nicely so I pat myself on the back for that and then i now find another part to bitch about that I'm not so happy about <laughs> uh, well yeah, it-
2: yeah, you know, I mean, I gotta be honest. I I love Luck of the Corpse, Fearless Undead Machines. I, I don't dislike any deceased albums, but uh for me this is just uh the the penultimate. This album is great. Uh it it incorporates everything you've ever done, just and uh just the feel, the uh the heavy metal spirit to it that uh trueness like uh evokes the same emotions that Iron Man's Killer does or merciful fates don't break the oath. And it even sounds like that a little bit in uh Mike and Shane's guitar rhythm. I mean, just uh some of the melodies and the hooks they're just beautiful like on Diamond Head's uh, Lightning to the Nation. But then at the same time, you'll jump into this Chuck Schindler groove from uh like Scream Bloody Gore and the the, uh whole of it is really greater than its parts because it just comes together beautifully (laughs) melts so much in the the pedal up to now together but stands as its own is clearly a deceased album and it's amazing
0: i love it oh i appreciate that uh, man thank you those kind uh, words
1: that's why i like (laughs) this album so much there's so many bands i hear in in this album that i like like bands like, um, I don't know, do you, are you a fan of uh, Sentenced at all? Like the early Who? Se- Sentenced?
0: Senzie, I know Senz. Yeah, yeah, sense isn't bad. I like the earlier stuff. Yeah, I did like some of that even a little bit on the Mock and stuff like that was pretty. it was yeah, at least I interesting. You know, I'm um, you know with me and Greg probably knows this the most. I mean, I'm most of my shit is just I'm a British hard rock heavy metal guy mostly yeah. down the road. But I know you I, could sit here and talk all the you know the death metal eras and how they got melodicized and stuff. Yeah. that time went on too, but yeah, 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 I do hear that too. I I, I get what you're coming from. Yeah, and like a Lake of, tea. and I think that I think that still all that too, and uh, I think it all comes back to me. Eden,
1: though, you know, yeah. yeah. I hear like a little Lake of Tears. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Um, I hear a little Slayer, obviously, and then you know there's some punk stuff in there too. It's this album's just like it got a little mix of everything, and that's why I like it a lot.
0: Right, I well, uh, appreciate that, man. I, I can tell you this on that last track, that Pill um, Surroundings. That one section's totally meant to be like early Slayer, intentionally. But, the part yeah. where we bring the sample in from the movie when the guy's talking about she used to be a vampire, yeah. or some people think yep. she's a vampire, and then I get her talking. You know, doing the evil voices and stuff, and, and talking to herself basically—that part's totally meant to be like Show No Mercy Slayer, for sure.
1: And that song, uh, "Germ of the Distorted Lore, that's my favorite song. That's, that's yeah. mine too, man. Good.
0: That's, that's um, uh, I gave that one the high. I gave that one a nine and a half, and I gave uh, Mrs. Allardyce a, a nine. Yeah. Probably. And we, 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 we play this shit with each other to see. Ghostly White is now Mike Smith from the band's favorite album we've ever done it's his favorite it's my third favorite my favorite supernatural my second is the last album surreal overdose and this is third for me now it's it's close it's very it's 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 almost like a 9 point1 and a 9.0 for between that and surreal for me you know and we, we do this stuff but we, we we do that with each other we break down the songs and I'm, I'm a German of the sort of lore mrs Allardyce second and probably pale surroundings third yeah, for me the
1: so, last many, so many different cool parts in there just all the melodies the guitar melodies and even how your vocals fit with everything and then uh like, i, I like try it to man up. i like how it speeds up in the end and it's just really cool song.
0: yeah i want that's one thing with the vocals on that i wanted to stay i want to keep my ugly you know raspy bassy chronos like yeah. vocal because i want you to understand every fucking word that comes out of my mouth i can't stand bands where you just like what is that motherfucker saying you know like yeah. the marble mouth you know my i don't, I don't do that i can't do that
1: yeah, it's perfect. You got a fan out of me. I'm gonna go back and buy every single album that you have out. So,
0: right on. Well, yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> if you need anything, come
1: to me. I got them all. All right, I will. <laughs> Definitely will.
2: Oh, we're gonna have to talk later.
1: <laughs> right on. What um coming out of you know off your album for a little bit. Um, what kind of new bands or any bands are you into like right now? Anything new?
0: you know but i just got asked ask that the question last night as for newer bands nothing brand new new as far as anything on any level um a couple bands from the last few years i really like a band from el salvador we did a split with called conceived by hate they had an album last year i loved and they they kind of remind me of bulldozery a little bit of deceased obviously they're big the guy's a big deceased freak that's how i know those guys but i really like that album i love i love savage master I, you know that band is Great heavy metal with a female vocalist. I just think they write cool, catchy metal massacres, yeah. heavy metal that I like. I don't, you know, I, I'm not out to put anybody down and stuff. But a lot of what I hear is is rehashed or it's just right. stolen or it's like, you know, it's like I've already heard second rate Iron Maiden clones. I don't need sixth rate. You know, you need to you need to build from your influences, like we were just talking about. Like, don't don't steal from them, but build from them. And most of what I hear just is kind of like that. Anything I'm listening to is is usually nowadays is not it's not even metal stuff like. If there's anything I'm listening to, and is just, you're going back ten years on shit like this, so it's not even new. Like I like stuff like the Poly Six, um, which is a Japanese band. It's almost like Nintendo crazy fucking, but oh, yeah, like, huh? it's very fast and hyper, yeah, like just, something like that. Or yeah. there was a band from Australia. It was a bunch of kids. They were almost they were poppy, like ugly pop. They were called Operator Please. That's like something I like. I love. I love the like some of the newer Guano Apes, which is a band that they were, they were popular for a minute over uh, here 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I like their last two records. I, I, I'm a big fan of female fronted like rock pop kind of stuff. I, I always love my No Doubt. That's one of my <laughs> one of the only bands in the '90s I liked. I thought they were like the Blondie of the '90s for me, and. Um, other than that, like, you know, if I hear something or I'm out banging and stuff, you know, I, I want all my friends to succeed. And I know lots of people and lots of bands that are doing their own thing and stuff. I want them all to succeed. But, you know, to be 100% honest with you, I'm still playing to the shit. I'm still going to my shit. Yeah. I went out today to that uh, record store we a little while ago and I, I bought fucking Talus on cassette and, under the Blade on cassette fuck <laughs> so, I mean on cassette uh, I've already uh, had them on record just, just to help the guy's record store because he doesn't have anything I want to buy I already have these on CD and album but I was like oh but I gotta support the store I mean I want people to stay in business and shit so I went in there but someone would be like oh man this is really good you need to hear it and it's like you know you you don't want to take a 15 to 99 chance on a record or even like a twelve ninety nine chance on a CD because most of the time I'll get it I'm like yeah but I'm never gonna play this I'm mean, like it's not terrible it's not, not that I hate it but it's just like, eh, this is, I, I you know, I've got Saxon upstairs, already. I don't need these little brothers, you know.
1: Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, and,
0: and that's a lot of what the heavy metal scene is for me right now. It's, I mean, there's some good bands, and there's some good ideas, and there's talent there, but I just wish people could write better songs. I just, want, I, I need catchy in my life, man. And just the, the last 15 to 20 years of any kind of music, it's like even radio music, it's like, there's no hooks. Very rarely you get a hook anymore. And that's one thing I think maybe's what's maybe we, why people are digging into the seats a little bit because I think it's kind of hooky and kind of catchy and like you said, you remember the, the you know, hum the tune when it's over. That, I gotta have that. I got. I'm from the rock and roll way, man. I like the first chorus, first chorus solo, and then experimental part or something thrown in there out of the blue, and then something weird, you know. And then you know just and then that's how that's how I do it. I shake the tree, so to speak, and just you know try to get a little bit more out of what you would get, but you know. I don't, want, I don't want to come out and just hear a record. It's like, oh, this is heavy metal. You got to like it. But I was like, there's no fucking songs here. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Got-
2: and um, uh, especially with the guitar hooks on this, King. And that's one of the reasons I love this album so much because, you know, uh, like you were just saying, the old verse, chorus, verse. But then, like with Early Maiden or Thin Lizzy or Motorhead, the guitar hooks grab you too. And. You can even mouth along to that, not just the lyrics, you know, uh, right. you know, hum the guitar I works. mean, yeah.
0: I mean, Mike writes killer riffs. It's down to me and Shane are writing. Shane writes great riffs, too. I loved his band. He had before called BioVore, which he gave me. Shane's been in the band over like 12 years now. I think it was, I think, 15 oh, yeah. years, Shane's been in there. And, you know, his band BioVore was great. That's what brought me in. He had a band. We used to book shows with the Deceased and very, very, very Voivodish. I mean, their record scientific proof was somewhere like Voivod meets like the fur like Rock for Light bad brains, you know, and uh it was just cool. And then he writes cool riffs and we're gonna start writing more me and him now. which like I said, we wrote me and him wrote in as well. And that was something we wanted to try to yeah. do together. And I had that riff came into my head one night. I was upstairs watching uh what was it? Uh, it fucking what was it, some Giallo movie. I can't remember what it was right now. But Death uh, Smiles on a murder and uh we were sitting there, and I just got this riff. I told my wife, I said, I got to fucking hum this riff into my phone. Hold on. i over here doing that main riff and shit. And Shane's like, I got something to go with that. Next thing you know, me and Shane got in us well. And I like, I'm like i a big fan of that song, too, not just because we wrote it, but I, I think that song's very dismal. I had somebody talking to me about that. Was it you, Greg? Or no, was somebody yeah. talking to me about Was it you about, yeah, talking yeah. about how? Yep. Uh,
2: like
0: you were saying, how dismal and desperate it is yeah it's creepy man yeah. it's just it's just yeah, it's, yeah somebody it's- sent me something i don't know who it was i guess it wasn't you with this but somebody was telling me like you know because that song's about like you know drugs nowadays how crazy drugs and pills and heroin and you yeah. text and all this shit is and somebody and me got into that and i'm like yeah that's that's the real horror of the world that's the real devil these fucking drugs are the real devil watching our children like turning gray and dying before their time and you know, I just tried to play on the words and stuff, you know, growing attached to detaching every day, you know, yeah. things like that, play on words, and I wanted to make it catchy. At the same time, I'm a little bit of hardcore and a little bit of Voivod to it, and uh, it, it has a real – when it ends, it's just haunting to me. It's just like I, I'm just happy to have that back in our sound because that means the world to me. I don't want to just write yeah. faster, heavier, you know, type of songs. I want to leave people scarred, you know. That's that's what I go for. We, none of our songs have happy endings. Never will these songs. It'll yeah. always – Everybody dies in the tail,
2: always. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, but um, no. What uh, another thing that we were talking about? Because and I don't mind saying this on air because I'm proud I beat it. But uh, you know, I was a heroin addict for eleven years, so I got a lot out of that. Just seeing the the destruction it does to the communities, all that, and then just the fact I was uh, able to rise above it. But uh, hey,
0: I'm proud of you, man. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, you really tell me. I appreciate- wish anybody's read my book. I never, I never got to heroin, dude, but I was a coke and fucking PCP freak for fucking yeah. hell. And I quit all that shit when I was 19 because I'm Mr. Extremist. I got to go out and do, do fucking $2,000 worth of cocaine in three hours, you know, kind of guy. That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't even have made it. I we never would have had a band. We, we would have had one demo and I would have died. We did The Evil Said Religion in 86. And I fucking spent one full year of 87 in my house fucking like one year. Finding my life again dude you know and, and it was not good and then three years later somebody talked me into drinking and, and for the next 12 years after that I was just a drinker and I didn't even like to taste alcohol I never did and I'm already the guy that'll go out and just, you know inst- I won't say instigate but you know just I'm already on I'm already a wild man so to speak I come out with my balls on fire I don't need to fucking you know set them on fire twice and that's what alcohol used to do to me I'd do some Asinine shit I told you earlier when we first got on the phone you know i drank a fucking quart of motor oil one night a whole fucking quart of motor oil stupid and you know, or i'd go out and fucking get in people's car and be like they didn't even know me at a light i'd be walking i'd be like getting in their car like you're taking me to the fucking party you know and i'm you know no, you're gonna you i'm gonna shoot you in the fucking head and you're gonna die you know they're gonna kill me all that shit i went through and all that stuff i was glad to get away you know i haven't i haven't had drugs since i was 19 so 31 years there I haven't had booze uh, in seventeen years now for me, and that's good for me because I I don't need it. to Teach their own, man. I just I just I always only thing I ever preach is plenty's would Just just long as you know your limitations, you know. And obviously, if I'm pushed it past that point, I, it was not for me. And I'm I'm proud of you, Greg, and anybody fucking that's listening and watching, you Just just keep at it, man. It's it's a lifelong fucking thing. Got to stay with it, but it'll it'll make you stronger. It'll make you more of a fucking of a of a stronger human being in the end, man. Yes, it will.
1: Yep. Very, very glad to hear everybody's uh doing, you know, better now. So Oh
0: my god. No more
1: oil, <laughs> no more uh, you know.
0: No, <laughs> nah, just yeah, I'm down to fucking funy I'm down to Funyuns. <laughs> I tell dad. people. We do we have um, this thing we play when we play live we do a couple songs. One of them is Psychedelic Warriors from the Collect of the Corpse, which was written about L S D back in the day. And then we have the song Morbid Shape of Black from Blueprints for Madness, which was about P C P back in the day. And so we do a one two punch on those live and I talk for a minute about the shit you know, I don't preach, you know, everybody's gotta learn their own way. But uh then I get to the point where I'm like past that I'm like, all right, now we're gonna talk about some really fucked up shit I just can't seem to beat and, and it's it's fucking funyuns and and uh nestling quick strawberry milk <laughs> that's that's, probably worse. That, that's worse for me than cocaine and pcp and lsd and all that you know but uh,
2: uh i i will say gang and probably only you and i will get this but uh
0: no more tins a love boat for anybody <laughs> yeah no more love boat man we're done yeah, yeah we've we done right. that you lost
1: me
2: yeah
0: it,
2: it, it's it's
0: um Virginia,
2: Maryland,
0: <laughs> yeah, D- DC slang. I mean, basically, basically, it's embalming fluid on parsley. Is what it is. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it, that's where it got its name. The Love, you know, the yep, brothers right. named it Love Boat. They called it the Love. And you go downtown, you get these sacks, and it's supposed to be that. You know, people. It was it was PCP, supposedly killer weed, all that kind of shit. But you go down there, and these motherfuckers did. All they do is grab grass. Off the street, they go underneath the yep. sink and pull out roach killer or whatever, and they spray it. And we would buy it for ten bucks, and we'd hop it down <laughs> and it'd make you leave the planet. It would. You, you don't. I mean, I, who knows what chemicals we've inhaled over the years? Because I, I promise you, that, that, those poor ghetto people selling us that shit—they they sure as fuck weren't all getting the, the you know, the, the real love, so to speak. Yeah, but it's uh, uh um, our day. Yep, and
2: and then that. Uh, with with uh, what you were saying in the field of the song, and then we're talking about the uh, haunting vocals and uh, a little voivodish, but all that together immediately uh, just evoked in my mind, you know, the beginning
0: of a uh, forgotten space. Oh, systems go! <laughs> I hear that. I do that yeah. was, I, I said that to Shane. I said, "Man, when we recorded, I said this is killing technology, like for yes. sure, something in, yes. that, in that world."
2: yep yes um it's uh it's it's spiritual successor i would say it uh, reminds me a lot of that record um really uh if i had to say outright um i really think it would be a perfect mashup of uh killers and uh possessed
0: seven churches wow there you go we're all yeah. over the place where yeah i appreciate it i mean yeah. you guys are Commenting, uh, nice comments, and we appreciate it, man. And, and I, and what really makes it is that I know you've listened. Like when you're talking to me, what you're saying to me, and you're, when you're breaking it down, I know you've listened. Yeah, I've got people sometimes. This goes way do, back. Some people like, yeah, they're to to killer and they didn't even play it. You know what I'm saying? About a week. yeah.
1: Uh, about a week. <laughs> right. a week straight. I couldn't stop. But yes. the other day I was at wow. my, just
5: listening
0: good, to it, I couldn't
1: stop listening.
5: Good, good album. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was listening. To yeah, it's weird. I'm waiting years. on reviews. Uh, you know, Hell's Headbanger sends me sends me press re- yeah. releases and shit for the record, and they said that Playboy <laughs> magazine reviewed it. I want to see why, why, and what they said. Wow. What they did. Playboy magazine reviewed it. You know, if uh, if you get album of the year in Playboy, is it a Woody Award? <laughs> <or? laughs> I don't know. what you get out of that, you get the Huey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, in keeping with
2: disease,
0: uh, you could call it the Angela. Hey, there you go. Come, I wonder if the trophy comes shaved. <laughs> 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 Would you like the Bush or no Bush uh, version? No, it's just weird. I, it, they were reviewing that. It was just funny to me. And there's a lot of stuff. I, I've seen a lot. Um, it seem like one guy say that the, the uh, German distorted lore was too long. He's like they could have wrote another song. This just repeats itself, and I don't know what he was listening to. To me, it definitely doesn't repeat. I mean, there's a couple parts that it, we, we come back to because it's the, the, the you know the main fucking heart right. of the song, and that's yeah, that's their back. own. You know, reviews are what they are. I mean, I I, don't, I like to read them all, and I actually prefer the negative ones because it's kind of funner. My favorite of all though are the ones where you get up from overseas and you have to you have to go and uh, change the you know change the uh, language to them on there and you know break them down and then the words come out funny like one of them said it said something like king king screams like werewolf like it came out king screams like werewolf and i was like i love that (laughs) (laughs) so you know you get some of that one guy one guy didn't like the female vocals on on the pale surroundings he was like nah i'm deceased they don't need you don't need this in your repertoire and and i was like you know you're, you're gonna get that we I mean, We've had records where people are like, you, you can tell when someone's a, is is just a, um, I don't know what you want to say, like just a like a halftime or a weekend warrior kind of metalhead. Where they're like, one guy's like, not for this record, but somewhere in the past, he was like, these guys sound just like Nuclear Assault, you know? And I'm like, huh? Where does he get that? Actually, actually, this is true. This is true. Somebody on the new record, I don't know where it is. I'll try to find it and send it to you, Greg. At least. Somebody was saying that there was a lot. There was a lot of Megadeth riffs on this record. Now you know I hate Megadeth,
3: well, and I was like, yes. "Megadeth
0: riffs? I don't hear any of that." But, it, but if that's all he has to go on, that's all he has to go on. You know? Wow, that is so off base. <laughs> yeah, and, and it actually ended. The last thing he said was, "All right, Dave, we'll see you top of this one." <laughs> I, was, I was laughing at that. But, you know, teach. Thro- hey. I, Anybody takes the time to listen or review it, we appreciate it. Good, bad, or otherwise. We've never cared if we were the hip raider band of the month and we never will. We don't care. I'll still tell you your band sucks or your band's incredible, depending on what I think. Honestly. I won't lie. Oh dude. yeah. Won't blow, I'll never blow smoke up somebody's ass, dude. I hate that. I'd rather you tell me I suck from day one and stick to it than, you know, <laughs> flounder. <laughs> right. Exactly. And um I uh, you know,
2: that attitude is just totally what Deceased is all about, too. I've always felt like because you guys have just done what you've done best for all these
0: years and it just always comes out great. It's it's always going to be 110%, always. We'll never do what I call a rent record. We'll never just throw something together. We could, have, because a couple of people asked in interviews in the last couple of weeks, I'm like, like seven years. I'm like, it took seven years. I am like, we got lives, we got wives, we got fucking bills to pay, we got fucking overseas jobs and things. Oh. We're not, when we get in the room, if we can get in the room sooner, we'll get in the room sooner. But when we can't, if it takes seven years, it takes seven years. You know, and I'll say it didn't take seven years to create this. I mean, it, it took seven years to record it and get it done. We, it was done if we were to take the time spent into it as a band, probably two years. But it was four or three or four years there. We couldn't even get together. Like I said, you know, our one guitar player, he was over in the Middle East for like almost like of the year, three years in a row. Like he would go months at a time and be like, I wouldn't talk to him for eight months. Right. And of a sudden he'd be like, yeah, I'm back for two weeks. If we want to get together and do a jam and we'd get together, we'd fix something up, he'd leave again. I'd bring all the shit here to my house, all the recordings. And we're, we're, we're boombox guys. We're still from the days of we go in, we'll, <laughs> Shane, will use his phone. Shane will use his phone now to record. But I always bring in what I call the $12 studio, which is basically my boombox. I put the old blank tape in there. I record it. I come home. I drop it into my computer. I can go in there and I can go into my editing shit. And I can fucking like try to change the parts around. Since we're not all in the room going, let's play it this way. Let's try it that way. I'll bring it to my house, go to my computer, and be like, maybe this is the chorus part. Let me move this down here. I have the you know the software to do that kind of shit. But we still go back, and then once they're back and everybody's in the room, I've already done the homework, and I say, okay, this is what works. Let's play it this way. I'll show them, and then we have it instead of like having to flip it and flop it and shit. It's actually cooler that way to me because in the past, you'd like let's do riff three first, and let's go with riff two fourth, and all this, and they're like, huh? But if I just do it and then play it, so they're like, okay, I got it one try. So it actually saves time that way, but it's just a matter of getting everybody in the room to do it.
1: So
3: you
0: don't share stuff like uh, through right. email and stuff? No, no, we never, we've, we, I'll send them some Dropbox stuff sometimes on things like that, but mo- most of the time we need to be in the room just to do it. Cause it's just, you know, cause one of the reasons I learned, you know, all, uh, well, I guess it's on the record, but off the record, so to speak, is if you show them everything and they start getting ideas, they'll try to switch it up on you. And you come in there and then you'll totally be like, no, no, but this, but that, but that, but it's like, if you show like, this is how, you know, this is how it's going to work lyrically and stuff. And they, they get it, they've got it. Right. And if they totally don't like it or something or because that happens too, sometimes we'll, we'll discuss it. We'll change it. We'll, you know, we're, we'll be democratic about, about it. If we can tell, it's just not going to work. You know, you don't want to be a hard head. Me and Mike Smith can get into some vicious fucking, uh, verbal fight sometimes over shit we we we, we call our we, we always say we're the Lennon and McCartney he gets to be Lennon I gotta be McCartney because I'm left-handed but uh that's our that's our like writing shit and now Shane's been there for two albums learning how what we do and Shane's in there too with us and he stands up for it too I mean we want to work together and we want to just be the best it can fucking possibly be and that's how it's gonna always be and it's fun to us you know it sucks we're not 17 living with our parents and stuff and no bills and all that overhead shit nowadays, but you know, we're older now. But to, to get this out, it's basically Mike's 51, I'm 50, Shane's like 44. You know, we're the older men, and you know, that's like, somebody was saying that you still scream like you're 20 years old. I'm like, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't fucking, you know, do anything, man. That's I, 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 so why I still got that.
5: Hey, hey, Troy's
0: in his hey.
5: 50s too. So, Russia, I'm 49, I'm, I'm gonna be Hey, nothing wrong with that, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But I got to train. He's like, wow. wow. Oh, he's all right. <laughs> well, you know, when you get older, like you, you guys have seen all this shit. You see all these bands out there and shit like they're bad. I mean, like I love my kiss, but Paul can't sing no more now, you know. And Rob, to me, Rob Halford can't sing nothing now. He sounds to me. He sounded terrible for years, man. You
1: can hear me. And, you. And, you
0: know, and, and your Van Halens and all that kind of shit. Just as you get older, some bands, I, mean, I think Bruce and Maiden still have it. They're great. I mean, Bruce is, you can see his limitations now at times, but he still sounds dynamite for the times. It gets everybody, age gets everybody, but it's how you work with your shit. Obviously I don't go out and do 150 fucking shows a year like some of these guys do and uh, Maiden doesn't do it anymore, but even 50, 75 shows, you know, I try to keep my shit relaxed and go do what I have to do and I'm a much, you know, more, I'm not on nowhere near Maiden's level of, you know, activity as a band, but you know, you, you just got to keep your shit up. And that's how, you know, if you're going to make it or not. But when people start fucking it up and you know, you're like, this motherfucker sucks now. You're just like, Oh, that's bad. It's bad. Like Don Dockin, you know, <laughs> there's one, <laughs> you know, it's oh, just yeah. bad. I mean, it just is. I mean, be fucking honest. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, I'm a Paul Stanley my all time favorite singer, you know, as a fucking, and he sounds awful now, but I'd rather hear him sing live than all of a sudden they're talking about this lip-syncing shit. I can't do uh, that. I'd rather hear it sound like shit. Well, yeah, he had, his, exactly. uh,
1: he had his throat worked on or something, didn't
0: he? Yeah, it never came back. He's all fucked up. But he never doesn't took a break in 10 years. Every time they come off a of Kiss tour, they go on that boat tour. Every time he's not on that, he's doing that Motown band. You know, yeah, it's, yeah it's he's fucking, doing that full
1: uh, time now. It's, huh?
0: Yeah, it's like, dude, he never stops. I mean, more power to him than much you can do in a lifetime because the guy obviously loves to get up front and rock and roll. Yeah. And I you know, I went and saw him at Penn State two summers ago with my wife, 8th row, man. And I'm looking up and I'm like, showing my, my wife that my stepdad is like early 70s. I said, look, that's Gene Simmons up there. I said, he's just almost the same age as Tommy or my stepdad. And I was like, look at him. He's fucking multi-millionaire and he's still taking a chance of ripping up on that cable every night and spitting blood down and shit. was like, you know, and people want to knock these motherfuckers for making money. instead. said, I'm like, at least they're fucking, Gene Simmons hate them all you want for fucking, you know, trying to trademark the horns or whatever and all that shit. But, dude, I respect the shit out of any, anybody on any level that gets up and fucking does something. Because nowadays, everybody, not everybody, but almost everybody, is fucking lazy, expects the world to give them everything, and their woe well, is me and shit. And this motherfucker doesn't need to get up and climb to the top of an arena and possibly die on a, on a fucking mishap, you know, and kind of shit. And fucking he still does it. I mean, they get up, they go. They fucking, I mean, he's on tour doing so, and everybody's like, man, he just wants every fucking dollar out of the world. It's like, if he earns it, then he deserves it. <laughs>
1: yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, that,
0: that's, that's my way of looking at something like that. If he's earning, if he, I mean, if you're not doing nothing, and you're just fucking people over, like, like you know, the fucking, the tenement fucking movie, you know, the, the scummy landlord, who's just fucking sucking everything out of people, that's one thing, but when you're actually out earning it, and shit, playing, and entertaining people, and they're, they're enjoying it, they're coming back for more, leave the motherfuckers out of this, you know? I'm, I don't know. It's just weird. Sorry. I got I got, side, I got sidetracked on a tangent there. <laughs> we talked
1: about we talked about Kiss a few times with um they, they want to have all the original members be gone and get new members for Kiss. Do you think that would work?
0: You know well, what? If anybody can pull it off cuz I mean, cuz obviously, well, I guess we have another guy close to my age. <laughs> How old are you, Greg? 31. <laughs> Okay, your way. Okay, you're October thirty one. You're fine. Okay, uh, no, like no, I'm just saying we, we grew up in the area era that we did. Like, and, especially for me with Kiss, like they were superheroes. I mean, they could do anything. They could do movies. They could do you know comic books, all that kind of shit. So if anybody can do it in in their scheme of things, it would be Kiss. I don't know if it would be good or not. It might suck shit, but I don't. I you mean, know, I don't know. But I've never. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've never had a problem with them getting new members in a band. Like, I mean. I've always loved my Peter Chris Ace really Paul and Gene lineup, you know, because that's what I grew up with. That's you know, that's the Love Gun, and that's all that shit. But you can't knock these guys for continuing on without Ace and Peter. Ace and Peter were their own fucking, you know, their own fucking demise twice. Right. Both of them. Yeah. I mean, he's like, yeah. oh, I, I want to just want to rock and roll. I don't want to do a Kiss does. Well, fucking as far back as nineteen fucking seventy six, you didn't I, show up for the recording of Destroyer. What, Two years yeah. after you guys were recording, you were already like letting fucking the dude from fucking Alice Cooper play your parts. You know, that's what I said when they were like, oh, they're going to take Gene and Paul to court. I, my thing was, what is Anton Fig and fucking Bob Kulik going to show up with, and fight for him? <laughs> so they yeah, fucking sure yeah. saved their ass many other times. You know, so I mean, you know, like Paul, Paul said it best. If you're drowning, I'll try to save you. But if you try to pull me in with you, I'm letting go. I, w- I was, <laughs> was going to say that,
5: yeah, I agree, I, I agree with King, but. Not to pay three hundred dollars a ticket to see Thayer and Singer. I'm sorry. I remember paying. I remember paying. What did I pay? Like thirty bucks to well, see them.
0: <laughs> well, not not a Well, let me let me tell you this. Like I said, with at Penn State two summers ago, dude. I had a eight row, eighty-one dollars. Wow. That's what I paid. Wow. That was that was the cost of the ticket. I know, they kissed it, kissed it, jacked that up to yeah. $300. A lot of the shit you're seeing isn't kissed on it. I mean, I think this VIP meet them for $5,280 the is stupid. The 50 I hate VIP so anybody. Bands I, I like, bands that. I despise. <laughs> if I, if yeah, I yeah. get the money, I would tell I, you, I I would hate all, all that, that
5: shit. I'd pay the money and I'd say, I'll tell you what, $50, I'll give you another $50, stick it up your ass first, then I'll smile. How about that one?
0: And I'll take a video of that. Go viral. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. I mean, you know, my, my yeah, my yeah, my thing is, you know, tickets need to come down, but I'm hearing like weird shit like people how much it is to see bands. I mean, I'm not a fan of ghosts, but somebody just told me two days ago that they went to see Ghost and it was a hundred dollars to get in. Yeah.
1: Wow. I make that's more than I
0: paid dude. That's, that's more than I paid for Maiden. That's more than I paid for Kiss the last four times I've seen KISS. It was a hundred bucks. I'm like, for that? I mean, I saw that that shit. I'm not a fan at all. So if somebody's there, whatever, teach their own. But I saw those motherfuckers open for Iron Maiden, and I was fucking holding my ears for God. That I've never heard somebody yelp so bad in my life as a singer. Uh-huh. <laughs> Watch fans, bad, you got know, like, like, a lot of my favorite Wayne well, loves this. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, to each. Hey, own to, to each. I have my There's own. There's no choice about it, but.
5: I just don't. I just don't get it. I think it's more of the imagery than energy
0: than anything.
1: Yeah.
0: I just. For, here's my thing. When it first came out, I remember the seven inch. I remember all that stuff before they were anybody, and they had the Boister called "Merciful Fate" kind of sound. It was like kind of like, you know, at the time nobody was doing that again, but people had already done that. But I, I knew. I knew a girl. I knew had a purse full of fucking. CDs. She was a goth girl. She had a purse full of CDs. And every fucking CD I heard, just as long before Ghost took off and stuff, is what Ghost sounds like to me. The last couple records. I was like, people are like, oh, this is so unique. It's so its own thing now. It's so such a hybrid of the cure and Iron Maiden and fucking what you know, just whatever. Just a piece here and a piece there. Bullish your cult, merciful fate, blah, blah 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 blah. But for me, I'm like This girl's got a purse full of this shit, man. From ten years ago, these Cleopatra record bands—it's doing it, you know. So it's not unique, but nothing's unique to me. Everything you can—you can trace thing back. Anything in the world, music-wise, has its, you know, its influences. And it's not that. I just, I just, for me, I just don't like it. I just hear it and I don't like it. Nothing against you for loving it, man. Hey, I, I respect anybody that loves what they love. Trust me, dude. I grew up Pat Minotaur fanatic, following queens right through the rage for order time when they look like just homosexual <laughs> vampires and all that shit, like <laughs> looking for an image and shit. And everybody else was like, you can't listen to this. It's Sodom. obsessed by cruelty. You got to put Sodom on. I'm like, I love that too. But you know, you love what you love. And more power to you, brother, on that. Just, just not for me, honestly. Just not for me. I, I
1: totally get it. But a hundred dollars a ticket? Are you happy about that? No, I wouldn't. I'm. Not, I didn't go. I, I, hey, I tell you what.
5: I tell you what. This is something hey. that we all should pay for. Hey, and it's a jump on the plane and go see that one violent show that
0: they're playing. One show.
3: Oh
0: yeah. There, oh, we're gonna. Uh, We're going to have to argue some more then, that. I saw them when they first started with Testament. I thought
5: they were phenomenal.
0: Dude, I saw them five nights in a row open for Voivod on Dimension Haytros store in 1988. And I was going to throw up my my eye sockets were coming up dude it was I did, just, i'm not first off don't say this i don't know how much you know me but oh. i hate Area thrash. i can't say i never liked metallica i can't stand testament none of that stuff like none of that stuff to me i always found them as rich sissy boys with fucking pretty hair and expensive guitars and it's just now i was more i'm more of a german german thrash mutant the, the first endless pain creator the first two sodoms the fucking violent you know uh Stuff like that, you know the. Um, I don't know. how do I hang out this guy? you <later. laughs> <laughs> Violent Force, for, for the early Iron Angel demos. I, I'm a big fan of the very first Whiplash. is my favorite thrash album ever, Power and the Pain. Power and Pain from Whiplash is my favorite. Um. But I just never, dude, honestly, just never liked that stuff. And, and I'll be honest, that fucking, that cat from Violence, man, I, I've been in lots of <coughs> backstage, a lot of bands hanging out, and shit, that is oh. always an asshole, man. Always a mouthy, cock sucking to the, the fucking Robcat. That dude fucking is just hes just—he's always fucking cocky and just oh, just not not, not my kind of guy, man. Just, I mean, I could tell you stories, man. I could tell you my Chuck Billy story. We played a festival. They were on it with us. We played it. He, wouldn't, he didn't even want me to piss in the toilet behind the stage. He said it was his bathroom, and he didn't want nobody to piss in it. And the, and the fucking road crew came out and said, this is everybody's toilet, dude. And Chuck Billy wanted to, like, block me out from making a piss. And I was like, I remember, remember what that. Yeah. I was like, dude, what are you doing, dude? Just move! A motherfucker's got a piss, and I, he, he did not want to move. And I was like, what is going on here? you Well, you're but he's the not. He's not part of the. the uh,
5: you, you were referring him. to Rob, right? Rob Flynn, you said. Yeah, he's not part of the. Uh, the yeah. uh, what do you call it? The uh, the reunion. Nope. Everybody else Island from him. They have another guy come, guy's in.
0: But you don't like the band. Yeah, no, know. I yeah, no, I never. But ne, it just never was for me. Never, never cared for him. Did did have the, um, since I'm a record collector, I did for the novelty. I did have the uh, throw-up 10-inch uh, record, but I sold yep. that long ago. <laughs> it was basically Campbell's <laughs> Soup. <laughs> yeah, I sold that as but, well. Yeah, no, so true, Again, can teach their own, man. We, we like what we like. I mean, I, I, I fall out. I leave Slayer after, after hell awaits. I think Graded Blood is a, is a boring record. <laughs> Greg knows this. Yeah. Greg sees the other. Yep. Yep. You know, yep. I'm a show no mercy guy when it comes to Slayer. I'm, I'm that guy and Metallica never liked them when they came out I was looking for the heaviest fast shit in the world I'd want like, to kill them all expected to be blown away and I thought it was goofy I was like it's not fast it's like boogie woogie rock the, the vocals are clean <laughs> uh-huh. the leads are horrific the arrangements are bad the drumming's bad I'd never liked I hated the bass solo I was like this is the biggest worst fucking excuse for four and a half minutes ever recorded the vinyl and I just never liked it it wasn't for me because I was like I've already heard Venom. It's like, Venom is way crazier than this. And I also had my punk rock already. I was already into the Dead Kennedys and MDC for speed. So it just didn't do it for me. You know, people were like, wow, man, wow. And some people liked them. And then when they did Ride the Lightning, and that came out, a friend of mine had me run across the street. And uh, back in the day, we were all doing our, our drugs and stuff. He said, run across the street and steal me the Ride the Lightning cassette out of the Sam goodie, and I'll give you a fucking eight the weed. So I went over there and stole it. And we came and we started, and he played it. And I was like, this is even lamer to me. And he was like, you don't like this, man. And I had people like that. But then what was funny was we'd go out with all our group of metalheads and stuff. And some girls would be with us. Our girlfriends are just girls we were trying to hump, And uh, they'd be like, turn this Slayer off, man. Put Metallica on. You know that? Put that fade the black song on. It doesn't give me a headache. So I started calling them Tender Metal. That was a word I, I used. It's funny. My buddy Omi years later said that. But what I always called Metallica, this is what I called them training bra metal (laughs) it was like it it was like and yeah i I do i do i always thought they were like for yuppie no no disrespect (laughs) anybody but for yuppie rich kids that wanted to have an edge to them i just like it was never heavy not none of it but if you wanted me to say something kind about metallic i will say this the the song one i I think is their best song they ever did i always thought they were better when they played slower i think creeping death is a good song for them I think one is a good song for them. I've never been a fan, but I would say that. Now, if you want to get into Megadeth, I don't like any of it. Dude, I hated them. I, I, I would listen to Metallica for 100 years before I listen to one Megadeth song.
3: Right,
1: right. Yeah, and,
2: that, and that's one King and I have always disagreed on because yeah. I love the first... Megadeth albums,
0: but you the know, first Megadeth, the first Megadeth album is the first record I ever returned to the store. I bought it. It's everybody said, if you people know, people said, if you if you think Metallica was light, my Megadeth will change your mind. They're, they're what Metallica should be. So I went and bought it. I put it on. I couldn't stand the vocals, couldn't stand the riff. I took it back. Guys, like, you didn't want this? I was like, dude, I just suck. Give me something else. And, and then I got something else. And the only other record I ever took back I couldn't stand was Destruction Infernal Overkill. I thought that was goofy. The vocals were dumb, oh, well. and the drums were weak. And some oh, people okay. love it, you know, and t them, so hey, my more, more power to you. Wow. What, what I are just to be honest with you. I'm the biggest Voivod fucking freak on the planet. And I know people are like, Voivod sucks. The fuck they think they are? The Doors? Well, you know, and that's fine. If they, You know, they, if they, people think they suck, I don't care. I mean, we all like what we like. It's Like I said, we all get our own names. So we can all be our own people. That's it. What's that? Okay. If you guys love your violence and your Metallica, I give you the thumbs up, man, because you're passionate about it, and passion kicks anybody's ass, man. That's yeah. what it's about. Just love it. If you love something, yeah. you love it. What is your favorite band of all time? Iron Maiden. Maiden. We agree on that. The Dickinson. I think, R- is, I think Book of Souls. I Think Book of Souls. Book of Souls is the best album of, in, the, of, in the last ten years by anybody. Really? I'm a fanatic for that record. I played that record over 150 times. Oh my God. People hate it. I know people are like, oh my God, this is the worst Iron Maiden. Why are these songs seven thousand hours long? I love it. <laughs> I see them every time. I've seen I've seen Voivod fifty times. I've seen Iron Maiden thirty-seven times. Wow,
1: really? Cool.
0: Wow, uh, Nice. Iron Maiden, the band the bands the top the topest of the peaks for me is Iron Maiden, Voivod, Black Sabbath minus the thirteen record, which isn't allowed in my house. Um uh uh-huh. ramones i'm a big ramones fanatic i'm a big kiss guy from from i'll say Animalize back
1: yeah
0: wow for kiss and then um that's, that's probably them and then the beatles i'm a big beatles guy a lot of people hate the beatles now that's like they're so outdated now but i'm i think they're the greatest songwriters in the history of music
1: I just got back into them, and I, I'm enjoying it so much. Even I show my kid, and he's sitting there, you know, bopping to the music and the songs and everything. So it's real cool. Too. That
0: was my that was my first band, brother. My aunt got me into all that music, and i will be 1975 sitting there. I want to hold your hand. All those songs, even when the record wasn't playing, you know, even when I, it was just songs that stuck in my fucking head, yeah. you know.
1: It's got the the melodic melodic stuff in there, it's just. With you.
0: Look how much! Look how much music they did in such a short it's time. Short, like short, like basically time. seven years, you know, seven years. Yep. That's crazy. Very crazy.
1: All right, well, I really appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else you want to ask, Greg or Troy, or good? no? i don't well,
2: I do want to say my, in particular, my favorite song from this album, since we haven't mentioned it yet, is uh, "Thoughts from a Leaking Brain." I love uh, the horror yeah. movie feel to it, the Edgar Allan Poe-inspired lyrics. It's just awesome. Um, just, just the verses remind me of Iron Maiden's Purgatory. It's the perfect headbanging sing-along song, and I really
0: hope it makes it into the live set because I'll be there in Milwaukee. <laughs> Hey, we'll try. I, I can tell you this, probably not by Milwaukee. Honestly, I wouldn't bullshit you. We're probably going to have endless well. And sh- the, the two you guys did were the ones you didn't name as your favorites. Probably going to have endless well and shivers in there for the first couple That's shows true. with Amos. I, Coming out. I love them too. Good times. Cool. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to do everything we can to do stuff. It's just a matter of how much Amos can learn in short times. We're going to have literally three weekends. We got one's not this weekend, but next weekend's the first one with him for two days of jamming and two days of jamming in February, two days of jamming in March and maybe one day of jamming in April before we go and play that festival in decibel. So about seven jams with him and he's, like I said, he's doing it all at home and sending me videos and he's, he's busting his butt. He's a great guy. He's a nice fucking dude. He's, you know, he's up on music. He's a real deal. We went on tour with him. He's not a bullshitter. He's not a fuck up. He's not a liar. That's the things I don't want to deal with ever with anybody. I'd rather not play ever again than be out with scrubs, so to speak. But we're gonna come. We're gonna come to Milwaukee. We're gonna freak. We're gonna freak you out. Dude. We're gonna play our asses off. Dude, we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna bring out some crazy shit, man. We're gonna do the best we can and and just you know, build the machine back up. I mean, we were we were a you know lean mean fighting machine. To quote the classic Dewey Oxburger. we were a lean mean fighting machine. But uh, it's going to take a little bit of time here to get this guy full, you know, full strength of this guy. But when he when he's when he's ready, he'll be ready. Killer, cool. And right I thank on. you guys, man. I just want to say I thank you guys and anybody listening or watching or whatever the hell they're doing, man. Cheers to you. Love what you love, hate what you hate. I don't give a shit. Be yourself. Don't be a don't be a, a contributor to the pussification of planet Earth. It's okay to walk on leaves. It's okay to drink out of straw. You know, it's okay to have – I heard somebody say they're going to try to get rid of all the change in the world. There's going to be no more coins. And like, what are you talking about? It's, it's getting bad, dude. Like, you know, you're going to go to jail for breaking out of a straw in Florida or something. I was reading – I don't know yeah. what I was reading. But yeah, like California, what is going on? George Carlin's turning over in his fucking grave, man. <laughs> He stopped the pussification of planet Earth by all means, please and and just fucking you know Happy New Year to everybody, fucking 2019. Go for your dreams and L I V E live, do it to it. Very cool. Yep. And pay it in metal. <laughs> as Crocus would tell you, I always pay it metal. <laughs> and as far as that Facebook thing, just uh, just um, send me a message. Yeah. Don't don't you know if you already did the Facebook thing, just send me a message in there, and it'll come up as like. Uh, awkward message, like you're not in my friends, but you can right, send me yeah. messages, and I'll see it. And I'll immediately just hit it. All right. That's all I gotta do is see it. I just gotta see it. <laughs> it's yeah. weird. It doesn't show me. I don't know what the fuck's going on that freaky ass thing.
1: Stupid Facebook. Very cool. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. We all appreciate you coming on. Love the album. Yep, Go thank by. you very
0: much. Uh,
1: put the album, so album uh, cover again.
0: Yep. Any time, brother. Yes. You need anything? Let me know. You know that. Yeah, you can come on. If you need some Rick on. James buttons, Greg, let me know, Greg, about the Rick James buttons. Yeah, I will. <laughs> 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 All right, Super Freaks. I'll let you guys do it to it, man. Have a great night, guys. <laughs>
3: Thanks a lot.
0: You too. Thank you, King. Here, have a good Bye. night. Okay. Uh, you too, guys. Bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye. Wow, so that
5: was
1: uh, King Fowley from The
5: Deceased. Very cool. We guy. have disagreements, though, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> Love them. Awesome. Oh yeah. But then course, again, Greg and I really have disagreements great. too. Yeah. <laughs> always. Yeah, I know. That's music, you know.
1: Nobody, nobody agrees. But, but one thing yeah, well, uh, I do agree
5: on—that the best band is Iron Maiden. Sorry, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I agree with him. Iron Maiden was my favorite band of all time.
2: Um, Iron Maiden would be my second after a Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> <laughs> but Wade does? I
1: don't, know uh, uh, I don't like that. We're gonna have to get you in the Blue Oyster Cult.
2: Yeah. are uh, gonna have yeah, to- Troy. Troy, you you will know, trust me. Let let me guide you. Let me guide you. <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay, shaking around like a bobblehead. Good for you, but trust right, me. I'm gonna drink some. <laughs> <laughs> okay actually I um, think, uh, I think well my, my, much like KK maybe this could be my stage name I'll be E&J Easy Jesus
5: <laughs> I think uh, Blue Voice the Colts playing around okay. here sometime Troy, I'll so go, I'll, go. listen you're here I go to show with you no problem let's go I know we'll go.
1: Let's go I'll find out I'll find out where it is because my wife don't like it I went uh, they did a free show free out show in uh, out. Westbury and my wife. Oh,
2: but uh, I I will uh, to to give a uh, total old school promo for this, and I don't know how much you guys like Venom or not, but uh, at the end of the original Black Metal album, there is a uh, an advertisement for At War with Satan, and it ends with, "You will like this album. You will buy this album. You will tell a friend." <laughs>
1: It is a cool album. I got the cover right here. You don't have to keep showing it. I put it right up on the thing here.
2: I, well, I, want I remember it Yeah, I, d- I did want to show this there, though because I knew I knew you wouldn't be able to find that online.
1: That's, that's very cool. And I didn't have no great. idea what the drummer did. So.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's a very cool guy. Yes, Definitely uh, have to get him back on again sometime
2: oh yeah definitely um well kings who i was talking about when i was saying maybe we could do something on the new wave of british heavy metal sometime i mean um he he likes it as much as i do when i know you guys like some of the bands, so
1: yeah Yeah.
2: and also you know yeah like wayne was saying maybe we can get deceased and them on a tour together
5: Uh, I just looked up while, while we were talking just really now. Uh, that show is already sold out. Sold out. Is it really? Uh, Oakland, Oakland, California. Where Oakland Metro Opera House in Oakland, California. Viol- no, 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 Violence, no. I'm sorry. Violence. I'm about- that we'll show wait. that oh, –
1: well, well.
5: the one show, it's sold out. It looked like it sold out that same yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah, it was announced yesterday. It was sold out yesterday. It sold out the day it was announced. 30 bucks a ticket. I'm
1: um, sure the tickets...
5: Now, you know, me, I don't
2: completely dislike them, but um, I, I don't get the hype. Like I was saying, I don't I get do. the hype behind.
5: No, they no, weren't, they but, really, but they I do, because I saw them open, like I told you, for Testament, and I was blown away by the sheer yeah. energy that just... Just blew out in every which direction with those guys. I mean, I'm not saying look, they're they're older than they're older than me, <laughs> so I don't think I, I don't expect that. But it would be so nostalgic because I remember I was at one of their shows where there was like 30 people there, and everybody was just blown away by them. You know, it would be so nostalgic. But and I was even considering that. I was even. Check uh it was 30 Check bucks seven. i'm not paying three it, that would be 300 bucks a ticket. ticket no and then i have and yeah. then i have to the, get a plane a ticket, plane ticket. Yeah. Oh, i don't think so nah. California.
2: the only show i have ever considered traveling for was when hoople did their reunion in england back in 2008 and uh well, needless to say, I didn't have twenty five hundred dollars to blow between the airfare and the
5: ticket. <laughs> six and a half hours. You but, uh, six and a half hours. It sold out. So, so I just, just for the record. So, wow, my wow. God! But anyway, sorry. Yeah,
1: but I'm sure. I'm sure it's all no. bought by scalpers. though. I don't believe none of that shit.
5: That was uh, no. That was directly from the venue. It's sold out from the venue. Okay. Thank oh, God. It's insane. Uh, okay, Six
1: and a half hours. It is insane because how many people yeah. really don't really know, know who they are? I mean, I guess people do, After but. 30 uh, I don't know.
2: I guess. Well, I mean, Eternal it, 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 Nightmare really has reached, especially within the past 10, 15 years, like a epic underground classic status. So I can understand it. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why it's an epic classic, but, you know, yeah, I don't um, know. now, now if, I, if I had been able to be there and felt that energy and seen them live, I uh, may feel similar to how Troy does, because even with, you know, um, Rush's late 80s period with the synthesizers, not really all that great, but um, that live album from that period, Show of Hands. I love it. I think a live setting just uh, changes things a Who little is bit.
1: Who was that? Rush. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't
2: yeah.
5: like Rush. Really? I, used I mean, to yeah, there's, either, there's some songs course, I like. There's no yeah. two ways about it. they um, epic. There's no two ways about it. But yeah. I'm not a fan of them. Never have been.
2: I get it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. It was just the best example. I'll I uh, <laughs> li-
5: listen to them, you know, if they're on, whatever, but I don't go out of my way to listen to them. No. Mm-hmm. No, um,
2: I mean, if I had to take a power trio just from when they, around the time period they first started off and what they were playing because – Rush's first album is probably my favorite one from them because it's their heaviest. But um, I'd take Budgie over Rush any day of the week. Fudgy. I've
1: never even heard of
2: Fudgy. Who the hell's Fudgy? Budgie? Fudgie. You don't
1: know who Budgie is? Oh, Budgie. I thought you said Fudgy. I'm thinking Fudgy to win. No, not.
2: <laughs> no, not Fudgy. Budgie with a B. Yes, I know who Budgie Red is. Bread fan and. New Parachute Disintegrating Woman and all that.
1: Red Fan's the only song I know. And that's because yep. of the Al-
2: mm-hmm. that uh, Actually Actually, uh, Megadeth covered one of their songs, too. They did uh, Melt the Ice Away. And that was a pretty good cover. I
1: never heard that cover. What the hell is You that? know, I don't
2: know if they ever recorded that or not. They uh, they were doing it live. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, because I never heard that one.
2: Yeah, I I could probably snoop around and find a bootleg, but I don't know if it's ever made it on an official release. Uh, what was that? I think it was the United Abomination store was around the time they were doing that live.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Too yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it for tonight's show. It was a long show.
2: Yep. Yeah, I feel bad. Uh, I feel like we silenced he, Troy. That's quite
5: <laughs> right. I don't have to I'm barely got to say anything. There wasn't, and that's quite all right. There was no room. He had a lot to say. <laughs> it was fun. It was
1: yeah. fun. It was great to He did. It yeah, fun. no, he's, uh, he's an
2: awesome guy. He's uh, one of the metalheads I've known the longest, and uh, I love Deceased. It, it's cool we got to do this. <laughs>
1: Is very cool. I'm Glad you got to do it because you've been wanting to do it for so long. And,
2: yeah. And
1: I'm glad I got to hear oh, the man.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. And then if we can get Dan on here and do Voivod again.
1: Oh my God! You're gonna be. <laughs> you're gonna be like a little schoolgirl.
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'll even wear a big deal. Nah, that's kind of gay. I won't do
1: that. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'm trying. I'll talk to you. <laughs> but, uh But yeah, I guess that's it for tonight. And uh, next week we will have Brent Logan on from uh, Lethal Vendetta. I think that's the name of his band.
2: Yep, Lethal Vendetta. Yep, I've been listening to that record too. So, So he'll
1: be on. And what?
2: No, I was going to say good stuff, but we'll talk about that next week. Oh, but uh, yeah. Nice. Show my deceased t shirt here.
1: I saw you trying to. Yeah. I saw you trying to move the
2: camera around. Yeah. Sure and then is. I don't know how well you can see the back, but it's got Vincent Price with a zombie and it's a death metal from the grave. Can't which see. is what we were talking about, and that's where the uh, the phrase comes from. <laughs>
1: very cool. Yeah, very cool band. I'm definitely a new fan of them now. He's he's a very cool guy and he looks really good. And uh, yeah. Go buy the album. Once again, here's the album cover ghostly yep. white. That's what it looks like. So when you go to the music store, go to the music buy it, store. Buy it, buy it,
4: buy it, yeah. buy That's it!
5: That's how the
2: Venom promo ends. I <laughs> recommend buying it, too.
5: Go buy yeah. it. <laughs> Definitely.
2: Yes. It's available on CD, vinyl, and cassette from Hell's Head Banger Records. Very cool. Alright. All right. That's it for
5: tonight.
1: Nighty you- yep. night. Good night, guys. Have a good hey night. Right. Good night. See you next week. Sweet
3: dreams. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I heard that. <laughs>